0: Welcome to Hardware Addicts, a proud member of the Destination Linux Network. Hardware Addicts is the podcast that focuses on the physical components that power our technology world. In this episode, we're going to have some fun. We're going to discuss our favorite hardware of 2020. This is the episode that you want to play in front of your family members so that you get the perfect gift for the holiday. So if you have those family members that are getting you the ties or robes and what you really want is circuits, transistors, and switches, then what you need to do is sit them down, skip this part, and then just, you know, play forward the part where we talk about our favorite gear of 2020 so you actually get a good gift from your relatives or spouses. And after we go through our favorite gear of 2020, we're going to head to the camera corner where Wendy answers your community questions. So sit back, relax, and plug in, because Hardware Addicts starts now. I'm Ryan, your tech guide through the universe, and with me today are my two co-hosts, Wendy, our resident photographer extraordinaire and hardware enthusiast, along with Michael, the software sage and hardware padawan. Let's find out what tech adventures everyone has had this week. Michael, did you do anything fun with
1: hardware this week? I did. In fact, I have a new microphone set up. Ooh, look at you. Yeah. <laughs> what <laughs> kind of
0: microphone did you end up getting?
1: I got a Rode PodMic. Uh, it's a XLR mic, and it's pretty awesome. And it has a, I have a mixer for it as well. It's a mixer interface combination thing, and it is so far working fantastic. I still don't understand the vast majority of what this mixer can do. Uh, so I just kind of set it up, got it to work, and was like, "Okay, for now, that's good enough. I will but figure it out the rest." Of it has all kinds
0: of buttons and switches. Oh my! Like you're sitting in the Star oh, Trek yeah. Enterprise, and Ooh. you could just push a bunch of buttons and do different things and it's make got, different lights come on.
1: It's got buttons, knobs, sliders. Uh, it's oh. even it's even got like special effects, like echo modes and whatever. I don't know I how to use it. them, but they they're there. So You would
0: never need it, but you have it, and that's what matters.
1: That is what matters, yes. Yeah. Awesome. And the brand of the mixer that you got? It's a Zeti. That's a Zeti 10FX. That's the the mixer I got. And it works well with Linux? It works flawlessly, just right out of the box. You plug it in. Plug and play. Yeah, it just it 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 doesn't even rec- like even when I'm having the systems already things everything's already connected and there's another microphone or whatever I just flip the switch turn switch flip the switch on the power button and then it's just ready to go instantly it's it's uh very seamless and I uh, how uh, is it in Windows 10 I have no idea I don't use a that darn trick question all right Wendy what have you been up to this week
2: <laughs> Well we got a couple of things going on so. internet issues seem to be a constant problem with me and my internet has been kind of flaky been on the phone with the internet back and forth and then my internet completely dropped out on sunday and of course you know that's the day that nobody's in the office and um did you check to see if uh, Magneto was
1: right next to the router
2: he wasn't he (laughs) wasn't anywhere near it at the time amazingly even though he does have a tendency to disrupt force fields and mess with Computers, (laughs) Computers, <laughs> but it wasn't, right, it was wasn't just, just troubleshooting.
0: <laughs> yeah, we're trying to help you out. So you called the internet. What number called... do you call to reach the internet?
2: I well, my internet service provider. I don't. Oh, okay. I thought it was B... like one eight hundred internet.
0: Internet. This is the internet. I mean, well, <laughs> the internet is a series
1: of tubes. <laughs> it's just, yeah.
0: I'm sorry you're having internet issues, but I'm glad it came back just in time for you to record with us today.
2: Just in time to do the show. Well, one of the issues was one of those like super dumb things that you forget to check, right? I had cycled my router. I'd cycled um, our connection, you know, power cord that comes into the house. I'd, I'd cycled both of those things. I'd unhooked the line from my router, hooked it directly into my computer. I still had no internet. And of course, when our service provider called me back to troubleshoot, I was not at home. And he said something along the lines of the cable. And I'm like, oh, you dumb, dumb, right? That's the one thing you haven't checked is the cat six cable that is connecting the antenna on our roof that comes into the house, into the rudder. Is that, you know, is that cable good? So when I got home, I swapped it out. And guess what? The cable was bad. It was bad. a cable. It wow. was a cable. This simple little wow. piece of hardware that you hardly ever think about. That's the part that was bad. And thankfully, I had another Cat 6 cable on hand, was able to replace it. And then we were back up and running. So You know what? You, the you fact you have
0: another Cat 6 on hand that can reach back up to the roof proves you're a true geek. You get an extra star in your card, your geek card that is.
2: <laughs> Why, thank you very much. And speaking of Geek cards, the kids have been absolutely loving the old gaming systems that my husband ducked out from his parents' house. You know, they they really don't care about how pixelated it is. Those super old, original Atari games they think are just absolutely awesome. And I have to say, it's fun watching them play those old games.
1: Is it like uh, old is new again type of thing?
2: Yeah, yeah. And the the way the controls work, especially on the original Atari, right? Because it's that stick controller instead of the handheld ones.
0: Very nice. Now, did I talk about last week getting the PS5 or last time we spoke in the Xbox on the show?
2: Can't yeah, you remember. were talking about the, the systems you had, the new gaming systems you had, and how the, was it the PS4 was better?
0: Well, the PS5, I have the PS5 and I have the Xbox Series S. And let me just say... I won't spend a lot of time in it. What a disappointment both consoles really are for next-gen consoles. I put a video out there about them. Now, the PlayStation 5, you could make the case that the PlayStation 5 actually has some next-gen elements to it, where you cannot really do that with the Xbox, in my opinion. Now, do games load faster? Sure. Uh, Do things show up clearer, and you've got some ray tracing and things? Yes, but it's barely noticeable effects at this point with the games that are out right now now the playstation 5 controller fantastic it has some really neat elements with the triggers and the haptic feedback and all of that the xbox is just nothing new really except maybe a little elongated a little more grip so it's really been disappointing i did a video it's out there now on youtube on the xbox series s versus the playstation 5 so you can go check that out But I'll tell you what I wasn't disappointed in, the hardware I've been playing with, is a 2016 Razer Stealth that I've been playing with for the last few weeks. I'm really falling in love with this little laptop here. It's got a 4K screen. It's a little Intel i7 inside, 16 gigs of RAM. I opened it up today because I'm getting ready to do a video on it. And inside, if you want to replace the battery, you remove four screws. If you want to replace the drive, NVMe drive, it's right there under a screw. If you want to upgrade the RAM, it's right there for you to
1: pop out. Combine what is, that what with, is this magic you to speak of?
0: I know, right? Actually repairable, fully upgradable machine. I'm really impressed with Razer here. The only disappointing thing I found is I was so excited about the 2016 Razer Stealth that I went and thought, maybe I want to get my hands on a brand new Razer laptop. Now, the price is pretty shocking, but I would look past that. But then I noticed that the brand new ones, unless you get into their Pro line, all have a 1920 by 1080 screen. Oh,
2: now, man. the little
0: Razor Stealth 4K back in 2016, but all these new ones, 1920 by 1080. And I, we talked about this a little bit on Destination Linux. I'm so frustrated with the entire laptop PC market outside of Apple, of course, because you know most of their monitors at least run... What's equivalent to like a 2K resolution with the retina screen? That all of these machines, even these supposed high end machines, are still running these 1920 by 1080 monitors. Now, the thing with the Razer, the new ones, is they're 300 hertz full HD, but this is just a marketing scheme. Because yeah, 300 hertz on a laptop is absolutely unnoticeable. I don't care if you're a pro gamer or not. It's just nothing but pure marketing nonsense on a laptop. You would have to have the most top-of-the-line monitor, most top-of-the-line video card, and even then, you're not gonna see anything, I don't think, after 144 hertz. I've played with things over 144 hertz. I cannot tell a single difference at all. Now, maybe somebody can, but at the end of the day, 1920 by 1080, 300 hertz, I'd rather have the 4K screen all day long. What say ye?
2: I agree. I mean, th- oh, well, I was just saying I I wonder if the new ones are as repairable as like the 2016 model. Is A, right? I mean, if you're you're getting a newer version but a lesser quality screen. Screen, that's a bummer. And then if you're also getting a newer version with a lesser quality screen and it's not as repairable, that would be a triple bummer.
1: You're getting like it's and it's not repairable and it's all glue all glued down. Like uh
2: well, I don't know, but it's just one of but those things yeah, that if I, they're kind of skimping on screen quality there, maybe they're also skimping on repairability.
0: Yeah, maybe. I, You know, Dell and Lenovo have all done this thing where they have certain, not all their laptops, but some of them now are soldering the RAM and things on, which is frustrating that, and we've talked about that before, that that's the thing they steal from Apple is that. Out of all the things they could take. But I've been really excited because I thought I finally found a laptop manufacturer that was putting good screens, good keyboard, good trackpad, great speakers all into a laptop. Finally, because whether Dell or Lenovo or anything else, they either cheap out on one thing or the other. And to me, they should all flow together, especially for the price they're asking for a lot of these laptops. $400 laptop, this brand new, fine. You can skimp on stuff. But we're in the $1,000 plus mark, you shouldn't be skimping on that stuff. And I right. thought Razor was going to be it, but seeing that they went for the 1920 by 1080 300 hertz marketing scheme versus actually putting a 4K monitor in, now you can't get a 4K version, but it's over $1,900 for that pro model. Ooh. It's just way too steep.
1: Yeah, I, I have a question that's kind of kind of like a tangent, really, but... The 4K versus 2K versus 1080p, I get the value of wanting to go with one of those things, especially with the 2K because you can get the 1440p thing where you still get the, you get a larger resolution, but don't have to worry about the retina resizing of stuff. And sometimes that doesn't work on some systems and that sort of thing. But is it worth getting the full 2K and the full like 4K experience like on a laptop, especially? Because I, I, I understand on a desktop, maybe with like a big monitor, but on a laptop, it seems like it would be pointless to be on a, on a small screen like that.
0: It, it does depend on what you're doing. If you're watching movies, playing video games and, and those type of things, I think it makes a huge difference. If you're just developing code, then sure, 1920 by 1080, you're probably not going to notice a huge difference between 1920 by 1080 and the 2K. But generally what comes with the 2K and 4K is the other parts of a monitor that makes it great, right? Better. Cr- color profiles you generally will get better nits so you have more brightness that comes from them so it's kind of the all around screen quality and I guess you make a good point by bringing that up Michael that's not just saying we've got 4K cuz I've seen plenty of crappy 4K monitors it's about putting a really high quality 2K or 4K much like MacBook Airs MacBook Pros put in their entire lineup of laptops not only do they have the great color profiles they also have the great resolution as well to match it and so you have this kind of complete experience no matter what you're doing whether you're just writing text or writing a story or you're playing video games although you can't really play many on the mac but you get the point it's it's a better experience
1: that's interesting now i kind of want to get 4k now
0: it it's it's a beautiful thing and then the 4k in the razor is just as beautiful it's slightly more beautiful than what apple puts in their machines which says a lot so I really hope Razer goes away from the 300 hertz. I know they're like supposed to be a gaming laptop and that's their, you know, big promotional thing. But most gamers, even though 300 hertz on a laptop, come on, who are you selling that to?
1: And yeah, and also most people are not gaming on a laptop anyway. Yeah,
0: if you're a pro gamer, you're probably not using your laptop.
1: Yeah. And also, I mean, this this show has been very bad for my wallet. I've gotten a lot of new things and now I want 4K. Uh you know, I'm second guessing I don't my see This is a bad about, thing. Well, I mean, bad for my wallet, I guess.
0: <laughs> Nobody likes your wallet.
1: Yeah, That's doing true. a show I, with I Matt's either.
2: been bad because I've bought more games and now with a new game related show coming to the network, I can just only see this getting worse and worse. So <laughs> you know
1: all of
0: our wallets will suffer together.
2: Absolutely.
1: <laughs> That's the spirit. This episode of Hardware Addicts is brought to you by DigitalOcean. DigitalOcean recently announced their new App Platform service, which is a solution to build modern cloud-native apps. With App Platform, you can build, deploy, and scale apps and static websites quickly and easily. Simply point to your GitHub repository and let the App Platform do all the heavy lifting. It has support for Node.js, Python, Go, PHP, Ruby, static sites, and Docker. DigitalOcean has their App Platform running on their own infrastructure, so your costs are significantly lower than with other products. But this, this is also built on their DigitalOcean Kubernetes, providing a smooth migration path so you can take more control of your infrastructure setup. As a listener of Hardware Addicts Podcast and a member of the DLN community, you can get started for free. Actually, no, better than free because DigitalOcean is giving you a $100 credit when you go to do.co slash DLN. Again, go to do.co slash DLN to get started with your $100 free credit on DigitalOcean's new app platform. I want to thank DigitalOcean for sponsoring this episode of Hardware Addicts.
0: All right, so let's get into the holiday spirit. Okay, Michael, no singing, but we want to get into the holiday spirit. Dang it. And help people find the perfect gift for the geek in their life. And normally I do this as every year on the DOS Geek channel where I take my favorite tech that I reviewed for the year and do a whole video on it. But I thought this year I want to do it with Michael and Wendy. I want you to come in and bring your favorite tech gear in, and we'll do this on Hardware Addicts. And so the idea is you're going to tell me your favorite hardware or just hardware that you like or really want, because some of you didn't follow the rules and instructions earlier in the week. So I guess it's not only hardware that's (laughs) your favorite, but hardware you really like or hardware you really want. But either way, just let them know when you're going through the hardware, which it is. And then everybody else, just let your relatives listen to this. And we're going to have a whole variety of price ranges. So whether you know, you need to spend less than a 100 bucks on that geek in your life. Or if you have somebody who's a really rich relative, then we have some really expensive things in here as well for the pick. So we've got a whole range of stuff. Each host has their own list. So let's get started. Michael, let's start with your list. What do you have for us that just made you smile in 2020 or just stuff you liked?
1: Well, there is a, a quite a few things. I mean, the... I got some new stuff this this year that I am so excited about, and actually, it's some things that I should have had for a long time, and I didn't get. And then that one of those things is the UPS that I got, or Universal Power Supply for those who don't know, and it is allow you to have a battery backup. So if something goes br- wrong and your your power goes out or whatever, you don't have to worry about a flicker destroying whatever you're doing on your computer. And that has something that I you should already if you don't already have it. Or you don't you know someone who's, a, who's into tech and doesn't have it, they need to get one of those. And I also needed to get one, and uh, multiple it's times it's a life changer. Yeah, I mean
0: when power goes out and flickers, you could you have a thousand dollar plus computer, or other equipment hooked up, it could cause surges and issues and and destroy your components inside. But also if you're in the middle of doing something really critical, you forget to save the power flickers out because of a storm or something coming in that UPS kicks in saves the day it's such a critical piece of a good setup
1: yeah absolutely and i was actually it was actually kind of funny because i was like yeah sure i could probably get one of those or whatever and then within i think three days of hooking it up the power goes out during one of the podcasts and it was saved because i had one of those and it didn't matter because it only like flickered for three seconds or something and it's like well okay now it it just paid for itself immediately fantastic yep
0: and connect your router (laughs) to it and you still have internet
1: (laughs) yeah exactly It's, it's awesome. Uh, also, yeah. the, getting a NAS for a network attached storage is also one of the things that this year I got that has saved me a lot of hassle and effort. So I can store all of my uh, video files or podcast files onto it rather than having it directly on my computer because they take up a lot of space and it's a what lot. What kind of cleaner NAS do you do have?
0: Do you remember? I know it, was yeah, it's
1: to a, you. it. it's a Netgear Ready NAS.
0: Nice Netgear Ready NAS. So I have the Synology. I have two Synologies. I think a 216 SE and a 416-ish. Don't quote me on that, but somewhere in the 4 range. And I just love Synology. I think they make a great product, works in all the different operating systems, very easy backup. But a NAS is definitely a great gift for somebody uh, and something that everyone could use multiple of.
1: Yeah, for sure. Uh, and also just a couple more. Uh, this one is not a new one, but it is a. I think this is a game changer for those who don't. Have never experienced it, I, I should say. I did not ever consider a mechanical keyboard to be something that was necessary. I would always mm. say, I can use a regular keyboard. It's fine. The chiclet keys or whatever it's called, those are all fine, whatever. And then I tried a mechanical keyboard and within 15 minutes, it was oh, I get it. Never mind. This is, you have to have a mechanical keyboard if you care at all about it's life tech. It's
0: life-changing. Yes, yeah, absolutely. completely.
1: If you care at all about tech, and you're, you know, anyone is a geek, and, and they they say that they don't need one, they probably just haven't tried it. And within very quickly, you'll appreciate having a mechanical keyboard.
0: You have the Corsair
1: K sixty, K seventy,
0: K seventy. Yep, that's a great one. I have the Vulcan Rocat one hundred and twenty, which is also a fantastic one. I've been playing with, but I love the Corsairs; they're fantastic.
2: Yeah, and I've got a Cooler Master MK seven hundred nice. and fifty. Nice, I love it as well.
1: Yeah, it's 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 it changed my opinion completely because I always was like, no, but, uh, I have these a box of just old keyboards and I look, at am like, ugh, how dare you? Get, you go away, get, get away. out of
0: here, you gross <laughs> eight dollar keyboards yeah, from Walmart. Gro- you,
1: actually, well, one it's of them amazing was, how much but- <laughs> more
2: accurate you can be with the typing and how much easier it actually is on your finger. So not only do I have a mechanical keyboard, but I put the rubber O rings on mine. So for one that helps with bottoming out so the key goes all the way to the bottom i have the click because i do have brown switches or blue switches but you don't have the so i have the click from the key press but i don't have the clack from the key bottoming out interesting and that also helps with um finger relief so you've got that extra Padding as the key goes down. I, I absolutely love it. It was worth taking the extra time to put those on.
0: I think a lot of people believe mechanical keyboards are something that's just for gaming and stuff, but keyboard ghosting is what it's called when you're pressing keys and they're not registering, especially if you're starting to type faster and faster. Uh, if you're a writer or, you know, doing any type of writing at all for manuals or just emails and those type of things through your workday, ghosting is a real issue and causes you have to go back and you have misspelled words that you knew how to spell right, but the keys didn't register and things. So mechanical keyboard, a good one can help with that ghosting issue and allow you to have a lot of simultaneous registering of the keys as you're pressing them for those who are getting better and faster at typing out there. So it's for everybody, not just gamers.
1: Something I want to get rather than have or looking to, you know, I just I just want it. And I know I'm probably going to get a little bit of like, uh, you know, some snarky comments, I guess. And that is, uh, I kind of want some RGB lights to put in my studio setup. Hey, okay, so really Michael
2: have, needs rainbow vomit for Christmas.
1: <laughs>
0: rainbow vomit, it is.
1: I'll add it to your Christmas list, Michael. Perfect. Perfect. I mean, it it just it just adds so much uh, to the environment, or it, it, and also at least five frames per second. Obviously, we've, we've proven that.
0: So if you take a Raspberry Pi and you add a microphone to it. And then you add the RGB lights interconnecting to that. So you have the interface with the Raspberry Pi. Then you make it so that if you yell red alert, the lights in your room go all red. And then you have some sound effects go off like you're on the bridge of the Enterprise. That is the only
1: acceptable use of RGB lights. I'm I'm very tempted to do that now. Um, but uh, I mean, that's... how
0: awesome in the middle of recording, you'd be like, red alert and
1: and then lights go red yeah I, yeah I wasn't intending that but that does sound like a fantastic idea
2: and then ryan complains because michael's doing that all the time and you guys can't get through a show and it's really yeah, hard it's to yeah that time. sounds so much fun <laughs> so are you you're running the strip lights or are you wanting the bulb ones that you can control with a device
1: there's actually what I'm looking at is more of like a studio type of light where they're like, they're basically like little rectangles that allow you to do uh, more control over a lighting setup. So it's a combination of being RGB, but also has the like regular light colors for like tungsten and daylight and stuff like that. And that would be for the the studio setup approach. And then also maybe the strip lights for environmental, whatever. But the, the, the interesting thing is that the strip lights are very cheap and the studio light that i want is a pretty expensive thing it's like 100 dollars or something for one light and uh oh, that's it's not uh bad. yeah it's a very it's a very uh flexible light not literally flexible but in terms of like functionality and stuff so i'm very very close to p- clicking that add to cart thing
2: yeah the the more a light can do the more functionality it has it definitely increases the overall cost of it But I say it's worth getting a light, especially if you can do for just regular lighting differences in the color of the light. It helps you match color, Mm -hmm. help you set whatever mood you're trying to go with. And you can do that with your rainbow vomit as well.
1: Yes.
0: Can't wait. (laughs) Life's complete. All right. One more item. Michael, is there anything else you'd get people?
1: Well, there, there is something else that I think that would be very, uh, very valuable to, especially anyone listening to this or, you know, anyone who w- might be interested in hardware in general. And that is Hardware Addicts merch that you can go to DLNStore.com to get the brand new Hardware Addicts merch like T-shirts what? and hoodies. We have merch? We, we have sure merch do. Now? We oh
2: sure do. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> so Yay. it's, it's going to
1: be uh, hard, uh, hoodies and T-shirts and mugs and what, a bunch of other stuff. So go to DLNStore.com and get your Hardware Addicts merch. Nice. That's definitely a great
0: gift, especially if you're listening, if your loved one sat you in front of this podcast to listen to this segment, deal and merch, definitely a good one. Wendy, take us into your list of your favorite items of 2020 or great gifts for 2020 or whatever you decided to list out here.
2: Well, some of my favorite things, I, a portable speaker is kind of a, a must have around our house. You know, like not that. only do the kids listen to it on a regular basis for their music. But this one that we got this year is pretty specific to the phones we have. So I have a Moto Z4. And one of the advantages of this line of phone is it has the attachments that you can put on the back of it. So it's got contacts, you can put different attachments on it. And one of the ones we got was a speaker that can go on the back of the phone. It is so nice for When we're A, maybe up in the mountains and have some music going, everybody can hear it or around the house, whatever. I love this speaker. So A a portable speaker in general is a great gift to get someone who enjoys their tech and enjoys some music, wants to be able to listen to it off their phone. But if you have a Moto Z4 or you're thinking about upgrading a phone, it's a great one to get and a fantastic fantastic mod to get with it. I mean, I, I absolutely love the thing.
0: I love the Moto Z4 for its modularity. I think that's such a cool idea that I wish would take off with other phones as well.
2: I really wish it would. On the other side, you know, not on the list, but I guess an honorable mention would be we got a projector also for this line. So projector is another great gift, but this one goes, still attaches directly to the phone. We've downloaded movies and then taken it up with us to the mountains and had... An old projector screen, and so we've watched a movie up in the mountains. We've taken it and used it to project a movie onto the ceiling. You know, lay on the floor and watch a movie looking up at the ceiling. It's so much fun. You can do so many cool things with it that not only is great for the person using it, but fun for family or friends, kind of thing. They're both great. Very cool. This this next one, I was kind of struggling whether I was going to put it on the list or not because it's there's some really great pros. And then there's some really big cons. I got a Fitbit Versa 2 for Christmas last year. So I've had this watch now for a little over a year. And I have to say, if you are looking for gear that really helps you track your workouts, the Fitbit is the way to go. I mean, it is amazing at tracking that stuff, heart rate and and all of those goodies when you're doing your workouts. If you are looking for a smartwatch, I I would say don't get this one because while it has great workout functionality, its smartwatch capabilities are really lacking. And I was coming from a smartwatch before. So you can still answer your phone from it. Uh, You still get notifications. So some of those things still work, right? You're going to get those key things from this watch. But you're not going to get, say, something with as much functionality as an Android watch or one from Tizen or even an Apple watch. So this is amazing hardware when it comes to workout tracking. And I've absolutely loved it for that. So it's still on the positive side. No, it's not, I wouldn't call it a smartwatch. It is definitely a fitness tracking watch.
0: I hated the idea of smartwatches until I got the new Apple Watch because of the fitness aspects in it. And it yells at me, which makes me just laugh and also (laughs) obey it for some reason. It's like, stand up, you fat monkey. You've been sitting for 20 minutes. Well, it doesn't really say that, but it dings at me and says, stand up and breathe and do all these different things. And you know what? I- It's actually started to get me moving so much more because it has these little rings around it on the watch. Every time you look at it, it tells you how much you move through the day. And subconsciously, when you're looking at the time and things, you see that and you're like, holy crap, I've been lazy today. And it just makes you move more and get up and breathe right. And it tracks your heart rate and your pulse and will tell you, hey, seems like you're getting really stressed out I'm like yeah i'm yelling at people um you know it, it has all of these things that are just it, it's really clever it's quite amazing and the one thing i'll say about the health part of apple is that that part is open source they collaborate with a lot of the hospitals and research and science there to bring a lot of this uh into the market this fitness piece so that's nice. a pretty cool aspect of it
2: yeah that would be really cool i mean if if i was sporting an iPhone, it would probably be paired with an Apple watch because I do hear that that the fitness aspect of them has gotten really good. So not only are you getting the great smartwatch parts of it, but you're also getting the really great fitness parts of it. And it is like that's one of the great things about it is I have it set to a certain amount of steps that I want in a day. And that's broken down into how many steps that I need each hour. And so if I'm getting closer to that or whatever, we're about 10 minutes out from the hour ending, it'll remind me, hey, you got this many steps left this hour in order to hit your goal.
0: Yeah, see, I set mine to just one step a day. That way I feel accomplished at the end of the day.
2: You nail it every (laughs) single day.
1: Yeah. It's like, (laughs) good job, Chunky. You did it. Yeah, your phone yells at you. and says, good job, Chunky. (laughs) So what else should people get on your list, Wendy?
2: This one is one that I want. So I don't own it. You have it. You've talked about it. And it is the Pine Book Pro. Not only yeah. is this a neat little laptop, but price-wise, it's really not that bad. It's kind of middle of the road for my list, you know, right around $200. Um, the, the downside when it comes to these is getting them shipped out. So if you are purchasing this for a gift, make sure you are ordering it soon. But they, they are such a neat replacement for the Chromebook and have so much more functionality and different things that not only can you use on them but different versions of Linux that you can put on them. They're a fantastic little steal to get, especially if somebody needs something for quick work, you know, getting some say papers done, right? You don't need the best screen ever. We don't need that 4K that we were talking about earlier. Not at
0: 199 but- bucks. Perfectly acceptable.
2: Yes, absolutely. It's a fantastic little laptop that I would love to own myself. So am I recommending it as somebody who's used it? Nope. I'm recommending it as somebody who wants one so bad. I love it. (laughs) Speaking of that, so the next one is along the same lines. And every time Michael talks about his, I'm super jealous. And that's his (laughs) standing desk, right? I am envious of his standing desk and want one myself. And it comes along the same lines as... Having the fitness tracker, we're doing the podcast and I'm sitting down or the super fun game fest. I love those, but I would love to be able to raise desk, stand up, be able to move around a little bit while playing some of those games. So a standing desk is one of those big things on my wish list and they range anywhere from like two to five hundred dollars. It depends on what kind of setup you get, how adjustable it is, those kind of things. Uh, so get yeah. the person in your life. To spend I'm jealous hours. of that of
0: Michael's as well. Yeah.
2: Yes. Yeah. To
1: be clear for those who are listening and not sure, just to be clear that these the standing desk we're talking about is a sit-stand desk where it goes up and down uh, because there are mm-hmm. just regular standing desks you can get that are just always standing. Uh, the sit-stand yeah. desks are fantastic. There's a lot of versions. And uh, the the problem is, is that there are some desks that have ridiculously worthless features, but insane prices. So be sure to, you know, look around to see what you're getting because there's, I found one desk when I was first looking to get mine and they had a, a a sit stand desk that was $800. Didn't seem like a huge amount of money, but it was a hand crank. You're like, what? Why would I, why would I crank? And also it was a hand crank on the top. So you had you and you, so you had to move your hand like ridiculous so you ridiculously what, am I exiting
0: a submarine or am yeah, was, I trying was, to get <laughs> a desk
1: i mean come on it's so weird anyway but there are uh, pl- there's multiple options that are around the $500 mark or even less depending on the size of the the desk that you want my desk was gigantic so i it's over on the higher end but like you can get one for around 250 350 or something like that
2: Shopping. yeah and that that's kind of what i was meaning is that adjustable ones where you can sit down or stand up the the ones that are adjustable. Because, oh. I mean, sometimes you want to sit, right? But other times you want to stand. For sure.
1: And you want to get a stool so you can sit no, like, in the no, middle. There's no, an active Michael, sitting. Yes. No, what? Nobody what?
2: needs a stool, Michael. <laughs> you can do active sitting. And speaking of things that you need to sit up, instead of the light that flashes, you still need that buzzer that buzzes right in every time you sit on your stool. I'm <laughs> with yeah, you. that would be cool. Exactly. But uh, never was... go off because nobody
0: sits on stools. just... <laughs> It's, it's the crappier version of a chair.
1: Well, I mean, fair enough. But just a quick note for for those who are interested in a sit-stand desk, and this is also for Wendy. Uh, there are some desks that don't have programmable presets. You must get one of those ones that have presets. They are absolutely necessary.
2: So much easier in the quick adjustment back and forth.
1: Oh, yeah. You, you, you belt you're you already putting the effort in standing. You don't want to have
0: to, like...
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah push a
0: button for a yeah, long time that, or anything that, that
1: yeah, yeah that's that's exactly why <laughs>
0: yeah all right wendy what's your last item on your list
2: the last thing is also a big wish list item and that is my own sony mirrorless you guys have gotten yours it's time for me to get mine that's definitely one of the biggest things on my wish list not only for the size of it, the great image quality, but also the great way that it does video. And I would love to be able Mm -hmm. to do some more video stuff. And the Sony mirrorless pack it all in, something in the 6000 series or maybe their Alpha series. Either one of those would be fantastic.
0: They're so good. I love the Sony mirrorless camera. One of my favorite purchases. I I went for my purpose because I don't do any photography. I just do the video and recording and uses webcam i had nikons and other things and they all have the 30 minute limits for video recording and pictures were okay and stuff but the sony mirrorless has just been flawless victory all the way around
1: <laughs> i love it mortal kombat reference uh, there you it, go it has uh i had the same i have the same experience like the, as soon as i hooked it up and was using the sony one it was just so smooth and i haven't had any issues with it whatsoever uh the i did find one thing out as a quick tip if you have a on the battery it will lose settings if you wait too long to actually click record it turns out that happens uh but what a thing i love about the sony mirrorless or actually got just any sony camera i guess because it'll work for I i think it applies to most of them the autofocus of the sony's are so good like Amazing. you could dance around oh, yeah. and move really fast. and It'll still keep you in focus no matter where you are. I love that.
0: All right. So for my list, I'm going to get through it kind of quick here so that we have time to do the camera corner and community questions to Wendy. But a lot of this I've talked about over the past few weeks. Some of my favorite things, the Jetson Nano. I just, if you don't have a Raspberry Pi, first of all, you need to get one of those. But next on your list should be a Jetson Nano. I finally got my AI certification through NVIDIA from this little device. It's just so much fun to play with and understand and learn how artificial intelligence works and the training in it that they provide for free is absolutely fantastic. And if you complete that training, I think you have to create two AI modules and do two tests. Uh you get kind of a nice certification to add to your resume as well, uh, certifying that you understand AI and elements and how it works and things. So very, very cool project. I know it's weird that I got certified being I'm the guy that turned and created Michael AI, uh, which by itself should get me a degree, uh, the Michael <laughs> sure. AI on my GitHub. Sure, But, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. this is just as advanced out there. Uh, so Jetson Nano, around 59 bucks, Great gift if you have a geek in your life and want to get them something really nice. The Leon Lee TU-150 Mini ITX case I think is one of the greatest built cases I have ever used. Everything from the just the quality of the corners and edging to the airflow that they have in this little case, the handle, the thickness of the metal, the quality of the build. It's just all around a fantastic case. And I'm so happy that it is because I just had this fascination, as I talked about in the prior episodes when I first got this with Leon Lee, that I couldn't afford it when I was younger because it was the brand. And then that kind of faded away. But it's interesting to see Leon Lee still making these incredibly premium cases out there. Especially the PlayStation. with that
1: handle.
0: Oh, yeah, you got to have the <laughs> handle. Oh, yes. I mean, in yeah. case I ever have a LAN party, like, yeah, that's a thing course. anymore. And the PlayStation 4 VR, I think, was a big shocker for me. So I had to add it to the list. I didn't expect, I, I've been kind of a, Michael knows, a naysayer on VR because I uh, just. A hater is what you should hater, call it. A yeah, because people have been, you know, inflating it and saying, oh, it's going to bring trillions of dollars to the industry and it's basically gone nowhere it's been a very slow ramp but when i put on that playstation 4 vr i've just had so much fun i've continued to have so much fun with this device so if you have a playstation 4 or playstation 5 because it works with both vr can add a whole new experience and you kind of get a workout while you're gaming which is nice especially if you play beat saber i mean you don't kind of get a workout you get a heck of a workout if you're playing things like beat saber in there so it's video games that make you move i think it's pretty cool For headphones, because I think one of the best gifts you can give anybody is the experience of good audio. Many people go out there, they go to the local retail store, they buy whatever's the cheapest, or maybe they spend 20, 30 bucks on a pair of headphones and they listen to the music and think it sounds fine. But if you get into the high quality audio, it is a completely different experience. It's something you'll look forward to at the end of the day. You're like, I can't wait to put on my headphones, block out the rest of my family. And listen to some fantastic <laughs> music. And the Sony WH-1000X M3s are the ones that I have. They're just absolutely amazing noise cancellation, great mids, great treble, great lows. They have just a fantastic sound stage overall. I think they are a beautiful pair of headphones at $279. You're going to pay for it a little bit. That's not terrible considering I think they're more in the $500 class of
1: headphones personally. Uh, nice. They sound much better than my $10 pair of earbuds. from. We
0: got you on the mechanical keyboard. We got you with the UPS. Now we got to get you with some good headphones. Uh, They'll change your life. Life-changing experience. You know what else is a life-changing experience? Any Ryzen CPU. Just buy any oh, yeah. one and give it to the geek mm, in your life. They're going to be happy. The more expensive, the higher end. But even the lower end ones, the $100 Ryzen CPUs that they have out there are just little fantastic. Uh, CPUs that you could do a build around and have you could a get ton a, of fun with.
1: You could an older gen version, like a 2700X, and still have a fantastic experience.
0: Oh, without oh, absolutely. a doubt. Yeah. And then from a laptop standpoint, I've been thinking about this long and hard. I almost switched to Razer here, but I think out of all the laptops I've had this year, and you guys know it's over a dozen different brands of laptops and types, I think Dell XPS is still my favorite. The full unibody aluminum frame, Great screen, although a lot of them are 1920 by 1080. They do have some 4K options. Amazing glass trackpads, lots of ports in them, USB C support, great keyboard, all the good speaker placement and good speakers, the XPS line specifically. Dell has some dogs out there, so I'm talking about the XPS line. I just think it's a fantastic laptop all the way around. And I've had everything from the 2016s on up, and they've always impressed. The one caveat is that they have some of these XPSs now soldered on RAM, and I would avoid those at all costs. I will give Dell this. At least they mention it in their specs when they do solder the RAM when you're going on their website. So if they say that, then avoid that because that's just crap. Uh, But get the one with the unsoldered RAM, and you'll have a great experience with the Dell. So 2016, 2017-ish Dell XPS. It's just a fantastic machine to get somebody like kid or whatever get it used if you can if the type of people that will uh, deal with you stuff or you're comfortable with that you can get a fantastic uh, experience on the laptop but dell xps still my favorite laptop
2: nice
0: all right so that's all of our gifts there for the geek in your life or for yourself heck buy this stuff for yourself don't even wait for somebody to buy it for <laughs> you i think this is a nice range of products everything from fifty dollars on up and actually less than that. If you go to the hardware addicts deal in store, that's right. And just pick up some swag there yeah. or RGB lights. I mean, you can probably pick those up for five bucks because nobody wants them. But Michael, so <laughs> all, apparently, all <laughs> kinds of great things out there. So I hope you enjoyed that segment. And thank you both for coming on and giving us your picks for 2020.
2: This episode of Hardware Addicts is sponsored by Bitwarden. Bitwarden is the password manager that we use and trust. Bitwarden lets you set up things like a pin to easily access your passwords, as well as additional authentication such as master passwords, adding phrases to fingerprint security, all to keep your passwords safe. Bitwarden is the easiest and safest way for individuals, teams, and businesses to store, share, and sync their sensitive data. Go to bitwarden.com to get started for free. Bitwarden is the password manager that I use in Trust because it is 100% open source. You can A, self-host it, and B, they do security audits. Not only can you go to their website and see when they've done them, but you can also get a report of what they found. Go to bitwarden.com slash DLN to get started for free. Want the premium account like me to get those extra features like one gigabyte of encrypted storage? two-step authentication vault health reports priority customer service that's all just ten dollars just ten dollars per year and you could have all those amazing premium features make the smart move like many of the people in the community have go to bitwarden.com slash dlm to get started for free if you are like me though you'll really want to show your appreciation for this amazing open source project that premium account starts at only $10 per year. Thanks to Bitwarden for sponsoring this episode of Hardware Addicts.
1: Also, Bitwarden is doing something super interesting right now. Go to the, uh, the summit.com because they are launching their Open Source Security Summit, which is a virtual conference that is happening on December 10th this year, so very soon. And they're going to have some cool speakers from HackerOne, NASA, and Red Hat, and a bunch of other stuff. So go to opensourcesecuritysummit.com to learn more.
0: All right, Wendy, take us into the camera corner. I hear the community had some questions for you. One even called you Judge Judy. Or no, Judge Wendy. Judge Wendy, that's it.
2: Hey, watch it there.
0: Oh, my bad.
2: <laughs> yes, <laughs> we have had some really awesome questions inside the discourse form going on. And one of the ones that we have has actually been a thread for a little while, but now there's kind of a new take on this thread. So originally, uh, this community member was asking about much smaller form factor cameras. And thankfully, we had an additional community member who's worked with this style of camera before, who was able to really weigh in on that, because while... I know in general about them, I haven't used them personally. So that was a little harder for me to weigh in on that side. But then he comes back in with, you know, what am I thinking about the APS systems that are out there? So those are not your your tiny sensors, but you know, the average beginner DSLRs will have an APS-C sensor in them. And as I tell this community member Kubuntu, right i'm i'm pretty sure that's how you would pronounce it um but in the past in the beginning of this year speaking of how things have changed through 2020 i would have 100% hounds down said Nikon all the way and one of the reasons why i would have said that is because of the lenses that are interchangeable on them that have been around since 1979 you have this massive collection of both new lenses and old lenses that you can use on this camera body and that was one of the reasons why i loved them not only did they also hey have great image quality but there was just this huge selection of lenses you can have and because of changes that Nikon had made this year where their camera bodies themselves are no longer easily to have fixed right they they changed um, the way that worked, I can no longer recommend Nikon as the one to go to. I've been recommending Sony because I mean there's just way too much research out there showing how awesome that they are, so I've been recommending Sony in this sensor size. They also make some of those much smaller sensor cameras you could You could probably go either way there, but they are one of the best cameras I've found. For that, I've been recommending them out. I have not had anyone that I've recommended them to and purchase one be disappointed in the choice. Very nice. So Sony, 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 definitely Sony. And Michael has one in the 6000 series. Nate recently got one in the 5000 series.
1: Actually, we, we know how you and you and Ryan have somewhat of a, a competition with the kitchen computer. I was actually beating... uh, Ryan in the better camera for about three months and then he's like well I'm going to go ahead and get a new one and it's going to be slightly better than yours like uh okay fine
0: I had to win but
2: I haven't
1: beat Wendy yet so I'm still working on that one
2: (laughs) I don't have a Sony at the moment so you know it's taking him a long time
0: to build that supercomputer into my kitchen
2: (laughs) yeah I doubt it'll ever happen I mean good luck
0: thanks (laughs) Wendy
2: so nice So along those same lines, we had another community member ask, what was the camera that I started with? And if I was recommending a camera, what would I recommend today? So Restless Nomad, very awesome name on the community forum. And so the second part of that, I pretty much covered in the last question. It would be Sony, hands down, whether you are going All the way to the very tippy top of their line in the alpha line or you know you're getting something lower down they've really worked um, very hard to make a, a quality camera and if you're going something mirrorless as far as i know sony is one of those who've been working on mirrorless for a very long time they've got a lot of that really perfected and overall it's a awesome piece of hardware and now we can go to the, the first part of his question is, what did I start with? And my very first camera that I actually started learning, I, I had an SLR before that was film and I didn't really play with settings. Of course, you can't adjust the ISO on a film camera. The ISO is set by the film you buy. So it was my first digital DSLR was a Cam- Canon Rebel XT. Nothing super fancy, just base. And that was what I got started in learning all of those different features, getting your camera off of auto mode, right? You don't need a super expensive high-end camera to do those things. You need one that gives you the ability and one that has a decent enough sensor that even in lower light you can get a decent image. It was I mean that one now if I was to look at its low light performance would be absolutely horrible. It's. It would be, fifteen years old. Fifteen years old. So yeah, it, it's definitely not. It belongs in a museum. <laughs> you could still get some great, well lit images with it, um, but as far as you know, what's on the line, price wise, you know, there there's so much better stuff. That the one I did my first paid job was the Nikon D3400, also an entry-level DSLR, right? You don't have to spend a whole lot of money to get started with that kind of thing. But if I was buying one today, it would be that Sony. And he, he was worried about his computer actually being able to edit, but check this out. ThinkPad X1 Extreme with an AMD second-gen 16-core Threadripper, 64 gigabytes of RAM, and two Vega 64s, right? I mean, he is set. (laughs) (laughs) Too slow, too slow, yeah. Yeah,
0: no, that's an amazing build.
2: Yeah, he's, he's already set when it comes to processing them, so don't worry about the system you're running. It's absolutely solid, and then find the best camera for your budget Somewhere in the Sony line would be my recommendation. And thanks so much for the community reaching out and asking questions. I love hearing from you and some of the fun things that you come up with.
0: It's very interesting to hear from the beginning of the show to now you switching to Sony, 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 as you it's like Marsha, Marsha, Marsha. So
2: much Sony. Yes.
0: (laughs) You know, what I wish Sony would do is bring back the Vio line, but not the Vio line that they apparently have actually brought back. But the Vio line that I remember with their laptops, which was super high-end premium laptops that Sony was putting out there, they were essentially the Apple competitor in the PC market directly. Just high-quality chassis, fantastic screens, and everything else. They did bring back Vio in some form or fashion, but I'm looking at the specs here. And uh, yeah, a lot of price and, and not a lot of excitement with their 1920 by 1080 non-touch screens there but at least sony is dominating in the camera market
2: they're doing good in the camera market i think they make a really solid phone the, the builds of their phones have been really good i haven't owned one that i have not liked right everyone i've had I've, I've loved the phones want their cameras i think most of the other tech they're doing pretty good it's sad to hear that they're not doing so great when it comes to laptop builds anymore but we know I mean, they, they have totally to capability.
1: Could. Yeah, they totally could and they just they brought back the bio for like just name recognition or whatever. But it's weird because Sony is a company that is capable of doing fantastic hardware in so many different worlds. Like the PlayStation is a Sony, yep. the 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 Sony phones, the Xperia's, that stuff and also the Sony cameras are fantastic and and then they make these laptops that are like meh. But then you go like 10 years ago and their their laptops were fantastic. Yeah. Very weird. It's like Sony. Sony has the
0: capability when they put Please. their effort into it, they can make some of the best quality components on the planet. Well, that's it. Our 24th episode of Hardware Addicts is a wrap. Thank you for listening to the show that brings you your bi weekly tech fix. And if you're not all lit up on tech yet, then be sure to check out all the amazing content on the Destination Linux Network. Head to destinationlinux.network. Check out all the great podcasts and YouTube partners available. There's so much to fill your brains with, including a brand new show, Chris Weir, Gamesphere. We made it rhyme. We didn't do that on purpose, but it happened. So go add that to your podcast player and learn about all kinds of gaming goodness.
2: Remember, there's no such thing as too much hardware. Learn, build, innovate, and grow.
1: We hope you enjoyed the show. We'll see you next time for another episode of the gift wrap that keeps on giving hardware addicts. Gift wrap that keeps on giving. I I came up with it off the top of my head. It didn't work. Uh, Shut it.